Welcome to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski of Condo Vultures. It's Monday, so we're talking condos. This is going to be a statistical deep dive into um, a market located in the Tri-County, South Florida region from a condo perspective. We're going to talk about the condo market. We'll talk about the luxury condo market. We'll talk about the distressed market. We're also going to talk about the rental market. Um, do this every Monday as part of our podcast series. So what are we going to focus on this particular week? Well, we're looking at the Tri-County, South Florida region in general. Why is that? Because we are we processed the data and now we're going to get into what actually happened in 2020 the entire year and how does it compare to what we currently have uh, on the market today. Now keep in mind a couple things um, in terms of the statistics where they coming from coming from the database that realtors use. Uh, realtors are people who join a club. They have a real estate license. They join a club. They pay a thousand dollars a year and in return they get to use this database which is called the MLS to go ahead and market properties as well as find properties that they want to sell. So we're going to talk about that. That we're going to talk about Miami Dade, Broward, and Paul. Beach counties what happened between January the 1st up until December 31st of 2020 and we're going to compare that to what's currently on the market to try to get some sort of velocity in sales pace uh, during the podcast though I'll try to get into uh, some of the keys to watch for if you're in the market uh, uh, as a buyer or if you are a realtor and you're looking to maybe decide do I take this listing do I not take this listing is it gonna be a waste of time is it gonna sell I'll give you sort of some indicators to kind of focus in on that hopefully will help you to be as efficient as possible. Now, I want to tell you, if you're not yet a subscriber to the Condo Vultures podcast, uh, please go ahead and do so wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating as well as some comments. And, um, you know, it'll help us to ultimately accomplish our mission, which is trying to bring straight talk to an overhyped uh, real estate market down here in the Tri-County, South Florida region. And then finally, if you have a comment for me or for uh, what we do, send it an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Any emails that we receive for comments, um, we go ahead and I read them on our Wednesday podcast, which is known as the Reporters Roundtable. That's where current and former journalists get together, talk about some of the biggest headlines that have occurred within the last week, and help the listener understand whether or not and, and how this could ultimately impact the local economy as well as the real estate market. So all that being said, I want you to fasten that seatbelt, lean back, and get ready to learn all about the South Florida condo market based on statistics from the year 2020 and what a year it was. So uh, we'll be right back after this break. We're going to get into condos. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information uh, data and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us. Please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're going to talk about condos in this particular segment, and this will be any and all condo in terms of pricing, and these will be condos located in Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, which together comprise and make up uh, the region we know as South Florida, on the southeast corner of uh, the peninsula of Florida. So how does the condo market work? What's available? What's selling? What are the prices? That's what we're going to get into right now. So 
let's roll up the sleeves and let's get into it. And again, all of the statistics are coming from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix, which is a database for realtors. And if you want to see a chart or you want to see um, or you want to read the written word associated with this uh, report that I'm going to tell you about, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the middle of the, uh, of the homepage, and there you'll find a whole series of reports that have been written. You'll also see charts in case you want to look at statistics. So that's where you can find them, condovulturesrealty.com. So what do we got going on in the condo market in South Florida in general? Well, there's currently just just about 21,100 units on the market. 21,100 units on the market in Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County. This is east of Interstate 95 as well as west of Interstate 95. Uh, most of our markets uh, we focus on are east and west. This particular uh, time, we're going to talk about the overall region. So that will include the east and the western side. Now, 21,100 units for sale. In the uh, entire year of 2020, that's January through December, you had 32,150 units trade, 32,150, just under that. And what does that mean? That means uh, on average, you had about 2,679 condos trading each and every month in the Tri-County area, 2,679 trading per month. So if I take the 2,679 that trade per month, I divide it into what's currently on the market, which is about 21,100. What do I come up with? I come up with eight months of supply, eight months of supply. Typically in South Florida condo market, six months would be equilibrium. Anything less than six months means the uh, seller's got the advantage. Nothing to choose from, therefore the seller can expect to get more money because uh, they can turn into a bidding more. If there's more than six months, tends to be a situation where the buyer has the advantage because there's plenty to choose from and they get to basically pit sellers against each other to figure out who's ultimately going to do a deal. Now, six months is equilibrium. I would tell you eight months... Part of it might be the fact that we're in the winter season, which typically runs from Thanksgiving in the United States, which is around late November, up until Easter or Passover, which is typically uh, sometime in April. So everyone comes into town. A lot of people try to sell. So potentially, even though we're going through a pandemic, potentially people are trying to get out. And if they're trying to get out, that market might be a little bit um, inflated in terms of number of units for sale. Uh, as you get into county by county, uh, which we'll do in the upcoming weeks and months, uh, you're going to be able to see that certain markets are doing very well and other markets are really struggling, really struggling. So uh, 7.9 months of supply and again, six months is equilibrium. Now on a price uh, per unit basis or a price per door basis, average asking price for a condo in South Florida, 832935 bucks. 832935 First, uh, well, in the year of 2020, what did condos trade for? They traded for three hundred and eighty-two thousand nine hundred dollars. Three eighty-two nine hundred. Remember, eight thirty-two nine hundred is what they ask. Three eighty-two nine hundred is what they sell for. That's a hundred and eighteen percent difference between the average asking price and the average transaction price. So, what does that mean? That hundred and eighteen percent suggests that there are a lot of very optimistic sellers and um, there's not many buyers who are willing to sort of pay that price. What we've seen is typically when the difference between the average asking price and the average transaction price within a market or within a uh, building, when it tends to get by about 20% difference, you tend to get a deal transacting or at least uh, activity possibly occurring. And then ultimately the deal tends to be consummated when there's about eight to 12% difference. Just ballpark, give you an idea. Now, why is this important? Well, this is important because if you are a buyer and you're looking at a particular market and you know what the range is or the spread between what's being asked and what prices are trading at, you know if you're going to be able to pull off a deal sooner rather than later. And if you are a listing broker, you also know, do I really want to take on this listing for six months? If lo and behold, it's never going to trade because it's overpriced and therefore the seller's not going to discount it until the next broker comes in to do the 
the listing. And then the next broker will be able to convince the seller it's overpriced, you need to reduce it, and then lo and behold, the deal gets done. So something to keep in mind, 118% difference between the average asking price per door and the average transaction price in South Florida. Now, price per square foot. I think price per square foot is much more important than price per door. Why is that? Because I think you should look at a condominium as a commodity, just like you would look at gasoline or you would look at um, uh, any other commodity, whether it be sugar, oranges, uh, any of that type of stuff. Why? Because condos are condos. All the pricing can be figured out. There's not really too many things that are different. Granted, some people might do some upgrades, some enhancements inside a condo, but at the end of the day, it's the same space. It's the same layout for the most part. Now, compared to a single-family house, when you get into a single-family house, the location could be different. The number of stories could be different. The interior could be different. The layout, the, um, uh, the location of the property, all of that can range um, uh, pretty dramatically or, or very pretty dramatically. So I like to compare a single-family house really to like a work of art, and I compare a condo to a commodity. So I would tell you, focus on price per square foot. And what do we got in South Florida in terms of condos, price per square foot? Average asking price is 481 a foot, 481 a foot. Units that traded in uh, 2020, what did they trade for? 252 a foot, 252 a foot. So we're looking at 91% spread. Again, 20% difference, gets interesting, eight to 12% deal gets done. And then finally, days on market. The condos that are on the market right now in South Florida, they've been there an average of 245 days. 245 days, what are we talking? We're talking uh, you know, eight, nine months or so. That's a long time to have your property on the market, especially if you're a listing agent and you got a six month lease, which is what most leases are for. That means the first listing agent is not gonna get the deal done, but possibly the next one will. Now, in terms of units trading, how long does it take to trade? 153 days, 153 days. So it shows if the place is priced appropriately, and normally that means the seller has to be worn down in pricing, lo and behold, it's gonna transact. And the ones that are overly priced, they're gonna sit and languish on the market. So that is the takeaway for the South Florida condo market. We got uh, close to eight months of supply and the average condo or the condos on average for sale, 245 days in South Florida with an average transaction price of 252 a foot or 382,900 per door. We're gonna take a commercial break. After the break, we're gonna get into the luxury condo market in the Tri-County South Florida region. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with cvrrealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report sign-up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, and lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distressed market in South Florida. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski of Condo Vultures. We talked about condos in the first segment. Now we're going to talk about the luxury condo market. Now, when you get into South Florida, 
uh, or you come down here to South Florida, one of the things you'll quickly realize is a lot of people like to flaunt and they like to brag about what they have. So therefore, when it comes to luxury, everybody likes to brag that whatever they have is luxurious. So there's no real clear-cut way to define luxurious versus ultra-luxury versus uh, semi-luxury versus uh, uh, um, mediocre. So no one really knows how to do it. Uh, everybody will tell you what they're selling is luxurious. And when they're buying, they're going to tell you it's crap. Therefore, they want to try to get the price down. So what do we do to try to define a luxury market? We give it a dollar figure. We say if a property, a condo is listed on the market for a million bucks or more, it's luxurious. And if it's listed on the market for less than a million dollars or more, or less than a million dollars, it's not luxurious. So $999,999 condo, that is not luxurious under our um, benchmark. And a million dollars is luxurious. So that's how we're breaking it down. Are we right? Yes. Are we wrong? Yes. Why? Because there's no definition. It is all completely subjective. So keep that in mind when you're going ahead and you're looking for properties. Now, what do we got going on in the luxury market? Again, condos listed for a million dollars or more. Currently, there's about 3,350 condos priced for at least a million bucks on the market in South Florida, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, 3350. In the 12 months of 2020, how many traded? 1,535, 1,535. So what does that mean? That means that roughly about 128 luxury condos, i.e. a million dollars or more, trade every month in the Tri-County, South Florida area in 2020. So if I take the 3,350 that are for sale, I divide it by the 128 that is currently um, um, uh, the pace, the sales pace, I come out with a more than 26 months of supply, more than 26 months of supply. And again, equilibrium is six months. Now, what some brokers who work in the luxury condo market, again, a million dollars or more, what they'll tell you is they'll tell you that ultimately eh, people buying luxury, they got more money than God. They don't need to trade. They don't need to sell. So eh, it should take 12 months to sell a luxury condo. Or no, 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 it should take 18 months to sell a luxury condo. Well, whatever it is, um, 26 months is what South Florida is. So that means the luxury condo market in South Florida, under this real simple rule of thumb, is oversupplied, oversight. Now, in terms of pricing, the average asking price for a luxury condo in South Florida on the market is just under $3 million, just under $3 million. Now, uh, units that traded in 2020, what did they trade for? These luxury units, they traded for just under $2.3 million, $2.3 million. That's about a 32% spread, about a 32% spread, which is interesting because, again, 20% difference is typically when um, you tend to see some sort of activity and 8 to 12% when you, when you tend to get a deal. That suggests to me that you have some sellers who are asking a price that's a little bit more reasonable than what we saw on the original uh, or during the original segment, which is about condos. Now, on the price per square foot basis, uh, what's what's happening? Well, a luxury condo, the average asking price for a luxury condo in South Florida right now, $1,064 a foot, $1,064 a foot. And units that traded in 2020, what did they trade for? 814 bucks a foot, 814 bucks a foot. That's about a 31% spread. Again, very close to uh, you know trying to price it to get a deal done. 20% gets interesting, 8 to 12% deal typically gets done. Now, finally, days on market for luxury condos. Those luxury condos that are on the market in South Florida, they've been there uh, 252 days on average, 252 units that traded. They traded in 193 days, 193. So again, pricing will typically uh, suggest what moves and what doesn't move. But I will tell you, if you are in the game for a luxury condo and you're selling, whether you're a broker or you're a seller, you're going to be waiting quite some time to actually transact that uh, unit. Why is that? Because you got too much supply, too much supply. So some of the uh, articles that have come out in recent times said there's not enough condos. Um, uh, buyers are gobbling them up. Um, I would tell you, do your own research, uh, uh, do some due diligence, and you might come to realize that maybe some of the information that's being put out there is possibly more hype than anything else. And again, that's the focus of our podcast, trying to bring straight talk to a 
overhyped condo market. So we'll take a commercial break. On the other side break, we're going to get into the distressed condo market in South Florida. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami Real Deal, but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building, or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are an institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward, I just might be able to help you to get a hold of me. Please uh, reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zaluski at Condo Vultures. We talked about condos. Then we talked about luxury condos. Now we're going to talk about distressed condos, distressed condos. What is distressed? Well, Typically, it's broken up into two categories. One is a short sale, and the other one is something called real estate owned, or REO, or bank owned. All one and the same. And what's the difference? Well, real simple. A short sale is when a seller who has a mortgage wants to sell their property, and the property is worth less than what they actually owe the lender. So what do they do? They try to bring in a buyer. Once they have a buyer at a price that they agree to, the seller and the buyer, they then go to the bank and they say, or the lender, hey, Will you uh, do a deal and uh, help uh, help to avoid foreclosure? And we'll cut a deal, but we're going to come up short of paying you back what we ultimately owe you. So that's known as a short sale. Sometimes banks will do it simply because they want to avoid a foreclosure, which will take at least 9 to 12 months, and there will be money involved. And if you're in a situation like we are right now with a pandemic, um, you know, a short sale might make, some positive, might make some sense because there's a moratorium right now on foreclosure. So keep that in mind. Now, if a property does not sell via a short sale, and a bank is uh, moving to foreclose on the property, again, nine to 12 months, they're with a the foreclosure. Once the bank actually ends up with the property, now the property will be named or called a real estate owned um, or an REO or a bank owned. It's a category that the lenders use for um, uh, accounting purposes to identify the property. So that is the difference. Short sale is trying to sell a property um, before it goes into foreclosure and at a price that's less than ultimately what's owed. And a REO or real estate owned is a property that's foreclosed. Uh, the title is taken by the bank and lo and behold, it's put back on the market so the bank can try to recoup some of the money that it ultimately put in there. Now, in South Florida in 2020, you had an average of about 70 units trading um, every month, 70 units traded each and every month. And based on uh, the current number of units for sale, which is um, roughly 180 units or so, that represents somewhere in the ballpark of about a three-month supply of short sales and REOs, short sales uh, REOs. Now, I'm giving you some ballpark numbers. Why? Because I'm going to drill down and I'm going to get into short sales, and then I'm going to do a separate uh, focus on REOs. So again, about 180 properties in total uh, that are distressed that are currently on the market in 12 months of 2020, about 70 units traded per month. And currently, there's a, just about uh, three months of supply. So let's get into um, how it breaks down uh, per uh, category type. First is short sales. Again, short sale is somebody owes money. 
Uh, they're trying to sell it for less than ultimately uh, they owe to the lender and they're coming up short. So currently 59 property condos are on the market uh, in uh, South Florida as short sales, 59 are listed. In uh, 2020, how many traded? 110, 110. So those 110 that traded in 2020, that's an average of nine units trading that are short sales each and every month in South Florida in 2020. If I take the nine units a month that trade on average, I divide it on what's available, which is 59. I come up with about six months of supply, six months of supply. See that? That's equilibrium. Six months is typically what you look for. Now, short sales, um, you can't really control. The market can't really control what's going on with a short sale. That's simply sellers who are trying to be proactive and they want to get out. When we get to REO or bank-owned or real estate-owned, again, we're all one and the same, That there you're going to see where the banks are releasing product in order to sort of maintain the amount of supply that's out there so they can juice prices. Because remember, they're trying to take back the, um, uh, they're trying to recoup some of the money they lost. So, but again, sticking to the short sales, we got 6.4 months of supply. Now the average asking price of a short sale, $252,569, 252,569. The units that traded in 2020 that are short sales, what they trade for? 174,800 bucks, 174,800. What's the difference in terms of the ask, average asking price and average transaction price? About 45%, 45%. Again, 20% uh, difference is typically when it'll get interesting and eight to 12% deal typically gets done. Now, the um, price per square foot, price per square foot. What's the average asking price for a, a short sale condo in South Florida? 213 a foot, 213 a foot, 213 bucks a foot. Units that traded in 2020 that were short sales, what they trade for? 162 a foot, 162 a foot. There's about a 32% spread, 32% spread. Now, days on market, uh, short sales that are on the market right now, they've been there an average of 125 days. The units that traded in 2020, they it took them about 134 days to trade, 134 days to trade. So you can see these short sales that are out there, they're priced a little bit higher and they're not yet at that tipping point when a deal tends to get done. So again, a good indicator of what to expect when you're playing a particular game. That's why you want to look at the overall market conditions. Now, we talked about short sales. Let's now talk about real estate owned or bank owned. Right now, there are 119 condos uh, that are bank owned on the market. 119 is what's on the market. In 2020, 725 bank owned condos traded, 725 traded. So if I take the 725 that traded in 12 months of 2020, I come up with about 60 bank owned condos trading each and every month. Again, bank owned is also referred to as REO or real estate owned. So these 60 units that traded per month in 2020, divide that into what's uh, on the market, 119, I come up with two months of supply, two months of supply. So what does that mean? That means it is a seller's market and you should not be surprised or shocked. Why? Because the lenders are the ones who control it and the lenders will put the properties on the market uh, so they can maximize pricing. Therefore, if they, they control what supplies out there, because a lot of investors want it, they're able to juice pricing or bolster pricing. So pricing, what do we got going on? Average asking price for a bank owned condo in South Florida, 382,660 bucks, 382,660. Uh, per door. Units that traded in 2020, what they trade for? $192,600. That's about a 99% difference. So you can see the inflation that lenders are putting um, on the REOs when they try to put them on the market, try to bring in a buyer. But at the end of the day, they need to cut the price in order to get the deal done. So about 99% difference on a price per door basis between the average asking price for a bank owned and the average transaction price. Now, what is that on a price per square foot basis? Well, the average asking price for a bank owned condo in South Florida right now on the market, 
276 a foot, 276 a square foot. In 2020, the average transaction price for a bank-owned condo, 161 a foot, 161 a foot, about 71% spread, 71% spread. Again, 20% difference gets interesting, 8 to 12% deal gets done. And then finally, days on market. Those REOs are bank-owned condos that are on the market right now. They've been there an average of 93 days. The units that traded, however, they traded in 73 days, 73 days. So again, a good indicator that if the Places are priced appropriately, they're gonna move. And if they're not, they sit on the market until ultimately the investors go ahead and they pull the trigger. And let me remind you, if you wanna see stats and you wanna read the reports associated with this, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, and there you're gonna be see a whole series of reports that are broken out based on um, South Florida condo market, and that's what fuels this podcast. So we'll take a commercial break. The other side break, we're gonna get into the rental market. If you're listening to this podcast, think about who else it is. If you wanna reach that crowd, which tends to be investors, buyers, developers, lenders. Why not advertise on the Condo Vultures podcast? To do so, give us a call at the office, 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski of Condo Vultures. We talked about condos and we talked about luxury condos in South Florida. And we talked about those trust condos. Now we're going to talk about the rental market. Some people come down here, they think they're going to go ahead, they're going to buy a condo and they're going to stay there or they're going to retire there. And then things change. So sometimes uh, they don't have any plans of renting it, but lo and behold, the rental situation arises and that's what they need to do. So let me give you some perspective about what the rental market is in South Florida in the tri-county area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County. And again, all of the data is coming from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix. In addition to that, any of the stats that I'm referring to, as well as the written reports, you can take a look at all of them. Go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the middle of the page. There you'll see a whole series of reports uh, dedicated to all of the uh, things discussed in this podcast, as well as previous podcasts related to the condo market analysis. Now, a couple things to point out on the rental market before we get into the numbers. First and foremost, uh, the rental market is, uh, the statistics are real sketchy, very shady, and you should not rely upon them. So what I am uh, gonna discuss is merely an idea. It's meant to give you a sense of what's really happening. And why is that? Well. The rental data that I'm gonna be referring to and many people refer to is all based on the multiple listing service, which is what realtors use to go ahead and market properties as well as find properties where they're gonna go ahead and show. So whether it's a broker representing a landlord or it's a broker representing a tenant, uh, they're gonna to tend to use the multiple listing service. And why is that? Because the commission's paid, a commission's paid. In order to enter something in the multiple listing service, a commission has to be offered. So generally speaking, on a rental in South Florida, and everything's negotiable, but typically 10% uh, of the gross annual rent is what the commission will be. So if a place rents for $1,000 a month, uh, 12 months in a year, that's $12,000 of gross annual rent, take 10% off for the commission. So that would be $1,200 with $600 going to the broker on the tenant side and 600 bucks going into the pocket of the broker on the landlord side. Now, why are the statistics off? Well, one of the reasons they're off is if there was a corporate owner of a building, and this would be a building of 200, 300 units or so, you know, the type of building where you drive by and there's signs out there saying move in special, or if you lived here, you'd be home already, or uh, uh, brand new, come in and experience it. Those are typically corporate owners. They're not the uh, individual condo owner who hires a realtor to go ahead and try to market the property. And those properties, they typically don't wanna pay a 10% commission on all their units. Think about it, they have two or 300 units and they need to pay that $1,200, which I talked about in the, in the original scenario, 
per unit every year, that's gonna eat into their profitability ultimately. So what do these uh, corporate owners do? They tend to hire a, a person or two, they put them in a leasing office and they do not pay commission and therefore, since no commission's paid, um, the statistics numbers sort of rise to the surface and people don't really know what's going on. Some groups try to do a private service uh, related to that, they do surveys, but uh, you know, it's not accurate, it's not complete. Uh, uh, it's a guess, just like a weather person will guess what the weather will be uh, the next day. That's what I'll tell you is going on in the rental market. Now, when we get into the uh, MLS rental data, which is I'm, what I'm gonna be talking about, keep in mind um, uh, everything we discussed up until this point when I was talking about pricing, I was talking about averages, average, average, average. On rental data, I'd encourage you to focus on median only. And why is that? Because median's right in the middle. If you focus on average with rentals, you're gonna get jammed up. It's simply because the type of rentals that are on the market shared in the multiple listing service, they could be furnished, they could be unfurnished, they could be daily rentals, weekly rentals, monthly rentals, annual rentals. So there's all types of variations. And rather than going through and trying to decipher what's what and sort and this and that, uh, it's not gonna give you a good perspective based on my experience. So what, what's the easy way to do it? Just do median, do the median, it gives you a ballpark sense, and then you take it there for uh, whatever it's sort of worth. So that being said, let's go ahead, let's get into the rental data for the Tri-County South Florida region uh, based on what's currently on the market as well as what traded in 2020. So what do we got? We got 12,850 uh, 12, places for rent, 12,850. And keep in mind the places, they're gonna include apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamilies, and townhouses. You say, well, Peter, I tuned into this because I wanna hear about the condo market. Why are you telling me about apartments, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses in, uh, uh, in addition to condos? Well, the reason I'm telling you about that is typically most renters, when they're looking to rent a place, they're looking at the price per month and they will adjust the location and they'll adjust what they're willing to accept in terms of the interior and the amenities and things like that. Now, when you're looking to buy, most people will typically say, okay, I need this, I need that, I need that. And um, that's what I'm, I'm gonna have and I'm not gonna give it up and therefore I'll adjust my location in order to achieve up that. So that's kind of the, the, the difference. So I'm telling you on a rental perspective, uh, rent is the ultimate uh, indicator or factor. A lot of tenants use when they're going ahead and they're deciding what to rent. So um, uh, that was the last point. So 12,850 uh, 12, places are available for rent. And again, those are uh, apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses. In 2020, 64,560 places were leased. Six, four, 560 were actually leased. So if I take the 64, 560 that release, I divide it by 12 months in 2020, I come up with 5,380 places being rent each and every month. 5,380 each and every month. So you say, well, that sounds pretty good, Peter. You got 5,380 places rented per month. And right now there's 12,850 available. So if you do some rough math, that's 2.4 months of supply. And you said equilibrium is six months. Anything less than six months, the landlord has the advantage because there's nothing to choose from. Well under a sales perspective that would be dead on dead on less than six months is a seller's market more than six months is a buyer's market the same would apply to the rental game the problem is is all of those units i told you about that are owned by corporate owners that are offering one month two month three months free uh move-in uh, uh rent and other things simply because they need to fill up their place and those places are not reflected in these in this um these statistics and these statistics. So keep that in mind. This is only part of the overall marketplace. It does not include the corporate ownership. Again, the buildings that have the flags in front saying for rent. Now on a pricing uh, basis, the median um, asking price for a place in South Florida for rent, 1,975 bucks a month, 1,975 bucks a door per month. Again, median, not average. The places that rented in 2020, what do they rent for? $1,700 
um, a place per month, 1700. What's the difference? It's about 16.2% difference, 16.2%, which is the difference between the median asking price and the median transaction price. Now, if you remember what I've told you previously, typically 20% is when something gets interesting, 8 to 12% when a deal gets done. So if there is only 2.4 months of supply of rentals, why would the asking rent be so close to the median transaction price? Well, why is that? Because these landlords basically aren't filling up what they need to fill up, and therefore, they need to charge a price that's competitive. And why is that? Because they're going up against the corporate owners, and their statistics from the corporate ownership are not reflected here. So that's a good indicator. So about 16.2% difference. Again, median asking price, $19.75 a door, and places rent for $1,700 a door. Now, on a price per square foot basis monthly, median asking price, $2.11 a foot per month. $2.11 per square foot per month, median basis. And the places that rented in 2020, what they rent for? $1.73 a square foot per month. $1.73 a square foot per month. What's the difference? 22%. 22%. So it's right there in that negotiation area uh, that I was referring to. And then finally, days on market. Um, the places that are uh, currently available for rent in South Florida on a median basis, they've been sitting there 63 days. 63 days. The places that rented, how long did it take them in 2020? 64 days. 64 days. So again, it shows you that there is the possibility that this rental market is uh, not as tight as the statistics would show or may lead you to believe going in. And why is that? Corporate ownership. Uh, again, the buildings you that all went up uh, during this boom because condos uh, weren't necessarily something that banks wanted to finance, but they would finance rental towers. So that whole f series of rental towers that went up, that's having an impact ultimately on pricing in South Florida. So... I hope you enjoyed our podcast and our overview of the South Florida condo market, looking at statistics from 2020 and comparing it to what's currently on the market uh, today. If you have any questions, uh, you have any comments, I'd encourage you to send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Any comments or questions or complaints we receive, we discuss uh, on Wednesdays during our reporters' roundtables when uh, bring together current and former journalists, talk about some of the biggest headlines that have occurred within the last week. And if you're not yet a subscriber to our podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you're listening to your podcast. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating as well as a comment. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to help to or you are to help us spread our message and try to accomplish our mission, which is trying to bring straight talk to an overhyped South Florida condo market. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time we speak, I hope you stay safe, you stay healthy, you're able to get inoculated. And take care. Ciao, ciao.